Hey, welcome back to the Ascent Church Podcast. We have a great episode for you, so let's get to it. Well, good morning again. You get the, the bald-headed guy with the Garth Brooks microphone on again today. I was uh, had a very pretty busy week working, and I was... Uh, kind of traveling. I was on the phone with a good friend of mine, a good brother, and I was telling him I was getting ready to do another another preaching. He said, man, he said, didn't you just preach? I said, yeah. I said, but I raised my hand. He said, well, you raised your hand. I said, well, yeah, we had an opening spot, and I just have a tendency to raise my hand and stuck myself in that. And he said, so, he said, what are you, uh, he said, are, are you setting up to do this necessarily full time? I said, no. I said, I said, I kind of look at it like this. I said, Pastor Blake's actually gone to the races this weekend. And uh, you guys know he loves them left-hand turns, so he's watching the races. <laughs> so I said, no, actually, Nolan, I said, um, I'm actually part of the, the pit team. He said, the pit team? I said, yeah, pastor's in training. I said, uh, I'm trying. I said, but no, I said, really what it is is the Lord's blessed me over the last few years with a great family. and. And a calling to, to be part of the pit team, to be there when, uh, when God calls, when other brothers, Blake, needs a break or a vacation or time to study. So I feel honored. So that being said, today, I went over Psalm 46 two weeks ago, and now I'm in Psalm 54. And when I studied kind of this week, I was kind of looking into the resemblance of what I went over, you know, two weeks ago. And some of the similarities. I thought, well, man, how can I, I don't want to do the same thing. I don't want to change it. And uh, so I just had to dwell on it for a while. And I'd like to start first with this prayer, and then I'm going to give a short background on Psalm 54. And then we'll dive into the betrayal that David um, came against and how he really leaned on God. I know uh, Josh stated in 46 Psalm 10 of being still and knowing that he is what he is. So bow your heads with me. Father, just uh, we just give you thanks, Father. We thank that you are steadfast, Father, that you such a loving God, Father, that you uh, provide a strength in our lives when times are tough. You give us divine word, Father, when we seek answers. Father, we just know that you're there. We know that you deliver us. I know as we go through this psalm, this precious psalm, Father, today, that you, uh, your words resonate with us. I hope that uh, my listeners today can take a psalm in this verse and relate it to their lives today. Father, maybe issues they're dealing with in their lives. And, and look at David as a, an example of uh, how he approached the situations in his life, Father. And... Uh, I just pray that the words that come out of my mouth, Father, they honor you, Father, that they're correct. If, if they're not, Father, I just pray that they just blow right through the room and they just go through like chaff in the wind to the listeners. Father, we love you and praise you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. Got my notes. Got my microphone. We're ready to go. Um, Psalm 54 is uh, actually... Uh, one of 13 of the Maskell Psalms, and these Psalms are uh, meant for uh, instruction or teaching. So 
when we look at this as David wrote this psalm and, and his plea to the Lord and asking for deliverance and for the Lord to take uh, care of his enemies in times, um, we're going to see that he's given that instruction to uh, the future listeners, us and our lives and how we can relate to that. So Psalm 54 starts, basically David was betrayed. Um, we know he was betrayed once, but not only twice. And the second time, which really hit home, is he was being betrayed by people of his own tribe. And I think we can relate to that in our lives. It, we've had betrayal of our own family, whether it's a mother, a father, a son, a daughter. We've been betrayed by friends by co-workers and a lot of times when we go through that uh, and not necessarily family but we have a tendency to really go opposite of what God wants us we, we have a tendency to want to have vengeance or judgment on those people that are being against us and what we're going to see in this psalm as we read through is how David does a beautiful way of navigating that on how he's relying his full faith on the Lord and allowing God, he's going to be still, like we talked about in 4610, and let God work out the details, let God take of his enemy. So as we dive in here, we're going to start out. For the choir director with stringed instruments, right there, this had me one, because you guys know I'm learning bass, I was in right there. Like, I said, this is mine. No. A masculine of David, when the Zephites went and said to Saul, is David not hiding from us? And see, here's where the betrayal happens. As David's fleeing, and he's fleeing off in the desert, he's trying to hide, he's running from Saul, because Saul's wanting to take his life. And he's running and he's running, and as he's hiding, his own people are actually giving up his whereabouts to where he's hiding. So you can see where Saul is just, I mean, sorry, David is just running, and everywhere he goes, he's being given up. He's being betrayed. So when we look at this, we look at the fact David has a big problem. He's on the run. They're wanting his life. And the only refuge he has is God. So how did David address this? Well, he brought God in prayer. And I think in times of us, when we're dealing with betrayal in our own lives or difficulties, we have a tendency, and I said this two weeks ago in 46, that so we, we bear those troubles. We don't bear that to our Father to let him work out the details. And we have a tendency to start building our lives and actually separating ourselves back from the Father and what we need to realize is in this psalm is David is giving full trust in the Lord that the Lord is going to take care of him. So in verse 1 it says, God save me by your name and vindicate me by your might. God hear my prayer. Listen to the words from my mouth. 
Now when we see in life, I know that in my own personal time of prayer and over the years that I've prayed to God and I didn't get the answers that I wanted. I didn't feel like he was listening. And I really didn't know what was going on. Life was knocking me down. I would take two steps forward, three steps back, uh, dealing with family issues. And I just kept saying, God, why are you not answering my prayers? And we must take time to see if there's a reason why God should not hear us. And a lot of times that's because, brothers and sisters, we're in sin. We're living in a world of sin, and we're tied up in that sin. And what God is really looking at us on this is to confess that sin so He can hear us. That sin actually hinders us from God hearing our voice. If you'll move to Isaiah 59, 1 and 2, it says... Indeed, the Lord's arm is not too weak to save, and his ear is not too deaf to hear. But your iniquities are separating you from your God. And your sins have hindered his face from you so that he does not listen. That was an eye-opener for me because... I really didn't look at the depth of my prayer of being honest with God and, and throwing the sins right out there and knowing that if I would be honest like David was and being all forward to God that he would open his ears up to try to hear you. In verse 3 it says, For strangers rise up against me and violent men intend to kill me. They do not let God guide them, Salah. Do you hold back on what problems and issues you have in your life because of appearance or think what people think? I think a lot of us in here, including myself, there are times in my life where I do hold back on God. I'm, I'm trying to make an example or an appearance. Maybe I'm embarrassed. Maybe I feel like I'm going to be judged and I hold back. And what happens there, as we read, is we just don't let God in. We don't open up our hearts and our trust in Him and let Him in so we can have repentance and have peace back in our life. If you'll notice in verses 1 through 3, David is, God save me by your name and vindicate me by your might. God hear my prayer, listen to my words from my mouth. For strangers rise up against me and violent men intend to kill me. They do not let God guide them. David right at this point in 1 through 3 is, He's dealing with that anxiety. He's reaching out to God. He's casting his anxiety to God. And he's just giving it all to him. Because if you'll see when we come in later in the psalm, it's, it's the change of his tone. That anxiety is gone. And that confidence comes in. And In 1 Peter 5-7 through 7, it says, And friends, we can cast all your anxiety, down, anxiety on him because he cares for you. And friends, that's what we can look for in our 
Father Jesus Christ is we know the loving God that bared the cross for us, that took on our sins. We know from that example how much He cares and loves us. So I encourage you in these times of difficult to cast your anxiety, cast your fears. I had to do that this morning on my way over. You know, I felt work overwhelm me and I wasn't necessarily prepared that I want and I just had to say, Father, I'm scared. I am full of anxiety and I need you to help guide me. And friends, I can tell you, I'm not saying there's no anxiety there, but it's amazing that the peace that he brings and we see this, what he does for Saul in this message, in this psalm of the peace that he's getting ready to bring to him. So we see that God's going to sort it out for David. And I'm sorry, I kept saying Saul. In verse 4, it says, God is my helper. The Lord is the sustainer of my life. I think out of verse 4, what we can do is we can encourage ourselves and others that to remember who God is. He, I am who I am, and I, I'll do what I need. He'll do what he needs to do for you in your life. We also remember in Psalm 46.10 was, and I brought this up multiple times, but remember to be still and let God work out the details. The fifth point on Psalms, on David's Psalm in 54 is this is how God will sort out the problem. He will repay my adversaries for their evil because of your faithfulness. Annihilate them. Now, when I read that at first, I was like, wow, I, I'm... <laughs> I focus more on the New Testament where God says to love thy enemy and pray for thy enemy. And I'm sitting here reading this and I'm like, man, David's, David's calling it out rough. He's wanting God just to annihilate him. And we are taught in the New Testament scriptures to pray for enemies, but we must also pray for enemies that God will pass the correct and right judgment to them. And that's where I was missing out on it. Is... Praying for maybe a family member, maybe a friend, maybe somebody even in your own church family that you felt betrayed or hurt by. But praying for them that God will not only turn their ways, but also pass judgment. And that's not necessarily judgment of annihilation, but judgment of correction as we look at this psalm as a, a teaching we also see that in 1 Samuel 24 and 26 that David has the opportunity to kill Saul. But he spared his life. So what we see is that David's sitting there saying, annihilate my enemies. But he also sees where God has blessed him not only once or twice with the opportunity to spare Saul's life knowing that God is going to work out the vindication. He's going to work out the justice for Saul. And we know as we further on in the Psalms that eventually that justice has come true. So 
So I think what we can look at as an example is that David had the opportunity. I think a lot of us have opportunity in our lives to feel like we're justified in our ways of handling someone that has done us wrong or betrayed us. But we see with this beautiful psalm of really praying to the Lord to guide and instruct you, to give you peace and allow him to work out the details and the judgment. In verse 6, we see that David is thanking God for sorting out the problem. We knew in the beginning he was worried, he was distressed, he had anxiety, but he knew that with prayer he would cast it out to God, that God would sustain him again, would bring him peace and comfort and trust that he would work the details out. I will sacrifice a freewill offering to you. I will praise your name, Lord, because it is good. For he has rescued me from every trouble, and my eye has looked down on my enemies. David shows us that this is actually a thank you offering. It's not a physical offering or an offering of a lamb. And he's doing this to promise to God in advance and thanking him for his deliverance. And how does he know this? It states in verse 1, God is my help. It states here, God delivered me in the past. And that God has restored me to a quiet trust and confidence. I want to read a... uh, part of a commentary this was by James Montgomery Boyce and I think it kind of say it a little bit better than what I came I'm not I'm, as I'm learning he, he was a better theologian than I am it says Psalm 54 may be this latter category this is because if you study it with the passion of Christ in mind you will find that it is an excellent expression of hope of him who called on God in the midst of his suffering on the cross and was heard for him by example. Save me, O God, by the name. Strangers are attacking me. Surely God is my help. He has delivered me from all my troubles. The Father did hear, did help, and did save Jesus. Even as he heard, helped, and saved David, you can be sure that Jesus will also hear, help, and save you. As I wind down, and Josh, you guys can come up. um, I was kind of thinking of a verse to finalized kind of an example of what I thought David overall looked and looked like in his trust and loyalty to the Lord. And I came to Matthew 19.26. And I think this is, if anything, we can take off of this message today, even if it's this, this little piece of scripture. Jesus looked at them and said, 
With man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. I think David gave a great example that without God in his life, it was impossible. Uh, it was impossible to, under all the odds, to get away from Saul. He knew that without God's love and faith and trust and power, then in ways he was the only one that was going to be able to deliver him from that. So friends, as we go to, I just asked, is God and Jesus, is Jesus standing in your life first? Or is man standing, your worldly issues standing first? Because without God, it is impossible. Father, I uh, I just thank you for this word, Father. I, I thank you for the example that David has given us to live by, Father, to uh, teach us and to encourage us on casting our troubles, our anxieties to you, Father, that uh, as Josh says, we live in such a broken world, Father, that uh, we're just attacked daily, Father, in, in life and so many issues, our kids. Father, we know that uh, in you that anything is possible, Father, and that uh, one day when your son returns, Father, that uh, it will be a beautiful, non-hurting world, no pain, no suffering. We will not have anxiety. We will not have pain. And Father, as we see in David's life, we will not have betrayal. Father, it's in your name we pray. Amen. Friend, let's stand and worship our God. Thanks for tuning in to the Ascent Church podcast. You can check in with us on social media at My Ascent Church. New episodes each week. Thanks. Thanks.